Welcome to the Equity Clinic. I'm Dr. Barry. It's been a minute, and for my absence, I apologize. I've had a number of people reach out and say, um, are you going to give us some new content? And yes, I am. But I do feel a little bit of an obligation to explain my absence. The day of the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, I was um, working with a group of educators. We were actually trying to reconcile and deal with how the Buffalo shooting was affecting students in their system. And we literally finished a working a healing session to come to grips with that and how we process and move forward when literally minutes later on our phones came word of what had unfolded in Uvalde. And one of my first responses was to record my outrage, my anger, and of course my my sympathy for the parents and grandparents and other family members who lost their loved ones, children, babies that are supposed to feel safe when they come to school. I lost three of my nephews before their 18th birthdays to senseless gun violence. Something I think about something that I have battled with and deal with routinely, particularly every time there is another senseless death of children, babies that are under the care of a school. January 17th, 1989, three years before I received even a temporary credential to teach. There was a school shooting at Cleveland Elementary School in Stockton, California. For those of you who don't know, Stockton, California is my hometown. I was born there. I was raised there. And I spent the vast majority of my life there in Stockton. My oldest child was only three years old and so not school age yet but a dear friend of mine did have a child at Cleveland Elementary. She survived that shooting. She is a beautiful, wonderful, kind-hearted, productive citizen to this day. When I was teaching in Stockton um, at two sites where I taught, I dealt with gunfire. Either during class, we would hear the bullets ping on the pavement outside, and pretty much our way of coping was to tell the students, okay, no recess today. Those episodes were usually short-lived. We never had a school shooting to deal with, but I know that the neighborhood, the homes that my children went to, when they left my classroom in their community, that that was something that they would have to deal with. Once upon a time when I was doing a professional development session in 
Philadelphia. And I remember we were sort of in a, a basement classroom with the little tiny windows that were at street level. So, you know, all day long, we could see the feet walking by. It was in a very busy part of the city. And then we saw feet running by. And a few seconds later, heard the gunfire out on the street and sort of falling back into my old classroom habit of, uh, well, no lunch today. We're just going to work right through it. Dealing with adults is very different. I tried several times to take to the mic on that issue, and I just couldn't do it. There was so much noise going on at the time, I decided to take a step back. And someone asked me, how do you do this? Literally, how do you compartmentalize all of this stuff that's going on and still keep going and still show up to us, she was saying, um, as their teaching and leadership community, how do I show up there positive and focused? And it's because the only way for me to continue on my mission is to focus, to compartmentalize. For more than 20 years, my mission has been to equalize the academic outcomes for culturally and linguistically diverse learners, our children who are underserved, our children who are marginalized, and sometimes it's our children who are completely unserved in K-12 public school systems. Oftentimes, those schools and systems that I work with are mirrors to Rob Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. But that's why. That's why I keep getting on planes. That's why I am constantly listening, not just working with educators, but listening to their concerns, their challenges, and then researching and working with them and for them to find answers and solutions. That's why I continue to write to speak, and to speak out. I've written before that to be silent is to be complicit, and I will not be complicit. It's just not in my nature. But I've spent the remainder of my summer writing, speaking, researching, reflecting. I have had the wonderful, amazing, and fulfilling opportunity to work with multilingual educators from multiple school districts across this country this summer, to work with educators and administrators of regular and special populations of alternative education systems that, that service um, adjudicated youth, among others, with groups of administrators looking to focus their efforts on achieving equity in their school systems, um, even with a group of leaders from a teacher's college that was new for me and very fulfilling. And I've also been doing some textbook review for publishers and content that they're developing to make sure that we have looked at every single page through the lens of equity. Great work, all fulfilling. But everywhere I go, 
every city, every state, every audience, every workshop, every keynote. There are, or there is so much to be done. I still hear the racist remarks and granted some of it is, is nice racism. And if you have not read Robin D'Angelo's book on nice racism, I highly recommend it. There are still a great number of people in a state of denial about whether or not racism exists, that bias exists in schools and the curriculum materials that we use and the methods that we use and the way that that educators view the children that they serve. There is still far too much hate, anger, and privilege. And I do this thing in my workshops. I ask people for their curiosities, their struggles, and then we work towards insights. So curiosities, I give them sentence stems. A curiosity is, I really want to understand, and you finish the sentence, or I'm curious about, and you finish the sentence. This could be something that you're newly curious about. It could be something that you've been curious about forever, but just we're never quite in the space where you felt comfort to ask that question. And I work really hard to create those spaces where we can be comfortable asking hard questions. So struggles, and we all have our struggles, but struggling to make sense of something. I'm struggling or I have been struggling to make sense of, finish the sentence. And again, this could be something that you've been struggling with forever. It could be something that we're discussing while we're in that session, some new info from what you've just learned. And then over the course, if it's a day, this does not always happen, but if it's multiple days, we hopefully get to move our curiosities and our struggles to insights. I've now learned something or I now understand why something I was curious about or something I was struggling with, the why. But that doesn't always happen. And so sometimes the insights come in the form of a follow-up from me. So in addition to my usual commentary on what's been bugging me or what I'm working on, I'm going to devote airtime to responding to those curiosities and those struggles. And trust me, there's enough to fill a book, which might be my next book project. So if you've got a curiosity or a struggle, post it on Twitter and tag me at Almitra Berry, hashtag the equity clinic. Of course, I will read them all and hopefully have the opportunity to give you some airtime um, and provide some insight. That's it for today. I'm a little bit over. I'm trying to keep these all under 10 minutes so that you can listen during recess or during your lunch and perhaps have a new tool in your teaching or leading toolbox or maybe just that one little kernel of insight or motivation to put into practice before the end of the school day. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.